RC Heli Nation version 2.0. I am Nick, and this is episode number 172. With me today, I have Jesse and Justin. Say hi, boys. What's, What's up, up guys? Dudes? And Nick, I gotta say, dude, that was pretty formal. You like that? Yeah. How, yeah. I, I guess my, my only question is, how long did you have to practice that? That trade secret, I'm not telling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, you know what? I have to take that back. I completely did the intro wrong. Let me redo it one more time. Uh, According to Dan last week, when I was gone, it should be, Good evening, everyone. Welcome to RC (laughs) Heli Nation version 2.0. My name is Natalie, and with me today, (laughs) and I now have a vagina. Oh. oh, he went there. Well, we threw the the formality right hey, out the yeah. window. That? Yep, that lasted yep. derailed. Yep, wow. had to go there. Had to go there. Hey, OG. we made it like a solid forty five seconds. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, perfect. We've had worse. Now this, uh, <laughs> you know, guys, this episode, this is a big deal. Uh, a lot of you have been listening since the very beginning. Uh, as I mentioned, this is episode one hundred seventy two and. Dan, you know, while he has taken some, uh, you know, one week absences from the show, what a lot of people don't realize is that Dan is the master editor of the show. He's the one who puts all the work into it. And when I say all the work, you know, we're 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 talking in the average, yeah, you know, four to eight hours. Just depending on, I don't know, the wind, weather, all that other good stuff. And how much Every we weekend. pick up our audio tracks. Yes. Yeah. How, how much we screw up or, or, you know, whatever. Interviews, that sort of a deal. And he has done that for 172 episodes in a row, which I can't even fathom doing. Everyone needs a break. So... He is on a real, genuine RCHN vacation. Not only have we taken over the microphones, uh, I will be editing it. So if there are mistakes, then uh, suck it, Trebek. I don't really care because <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great, just kind of... dude. I can't it's wait. Just kinda, yeah. Uh, hey, you know what? It is what it is. It but, is. Uh, yeah. So, Dan, now where is Dan? Well, rumor has it, and this is, I, I mean, who am I to spread rumors? But Dan, I believe, had signed up on one of those online dating sites. And I, I, oh, I think yeah. it. He, he mentioned that like two weeks ago yeah. Uh, yeah, well, at our weekly meeting. I found out which one. Uh. And it's it's called www.bigcountryman.com. That's his. I knew it. It. That's the yeah. one. And it was, I, you know, I saw the profile. It was seeking, you know, 
Big country woman. Is and, it like uh, likes long walks in the field? Uh, hold on. I thought it's I thought it was seeking a big country man. <laughs> Must <laughs> well, wear cowboy boots and a hat. We don't judge around here. So <laughs> equal opportunity. Or look a lot equal. like a sheep. Oh, <laughs> had to bring farm animals wow. into it. I'm guessing anyway, he got Montana, dude. How do you not well, bring farm animals into Montana? <laughs> you don't have to bring them in. They're there. They're there. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, Dan's not here, and uh, we're going to continue on with the yeah. shenanigans and but we, debauchery. We do wish him good luck on his date. Absolutely. Hope yeah. it goes well. Yeah. Dan, and, don't uh, put out on the first date, dude. <laughs> you got to hold out, man. You just, yeah. you know what? Suck it up. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> never mind. <I'm> just, <laughs> yeah. I was going to I was gonna <laughs> go somewhere else, too, and I decided not to. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Breaks. <laughs> okay, here we go. Yeah, making a right turn. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, Jesse. Yes. Are you sh- think about this? You sure you want me to go first? I do want you to go first. Really? Yeah, I do. All right. It has been a pretty freaking good week. Let's see. Last Sunday, I got out and I got some flying in. Uh, the weather was pretty nice. Uh, got out there and I did only get in seven flights on the 7HV. And I kind of feel dumb because the whole plan, like, you know, I woke up Sunday morning and I'm like, all right, I'm finally, the weather looks decent. I'm going to the field. This is my opportunity to bring the helis out there and finally get some flights on the Blade 180 CFX that I'm doing a review on. And little do I know that, you know, I pack the Blade 180 CFX, the heli, and I put that in my truck, and when I get out to the field, I go and pop the canopy off to find that there is no battery underneath. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of... They need those. They they do need batteries, and unfortunately, this one cannot run without a battery. Just throw it really hard, dude. It'd probably be fine. I mean, the thing hardly, you know, it doesn't weigh very much. You'd probably just chuck it out there. Get someone to hold it and run around while you bang the sticks around or something yep <laughs> but no so the, the weather was good i ended up after after seven flights i came down i landed the 7hv and while the motor and main gear was still slowing down um i heard like a ticking noise and i walk out there and i kind of pick up the heli thinking okay that, that's weird didn't hear it in flight didn't hear it while it was spooling up uh, anything like that and i noticed that there was one single tooth on my main gear that was missing and, you know, got got that swapped out. But I got to say, I, I was a little bit bummed at first, but then I started thinking, I'm like, you know what? I'm pretty sure that's the original main gear on the 7HV from when I swapped it over from like the 7HV1 over to the 7HV V2 or the Ultimate. So for all those crashes, you've never stripped a main gear? I've never stripped a main gear. And I know that you know firsthand I have not gotten throttle hold on everyone either. <laughs> that, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> because we've seen some belts shoot out. We've seen <laughs> yeah. some. So, I, you know, o- overall, I, I got to say I'm pretty stinking impressed that it 
has who knows how many flights. I'm saying upwards of a thousand. That's probably even conservative. And at least six to eight crashes on that gear. Wow. So I guess when you put it into that perspective, it's probably not a huge deal that it decided to lose a tooth. Hmm. But yeah, and I plus, suppose. dude, it costs like four dollars and fifty cents for a main gear. No, not that one. No, that's no. a Delrin. That one's forty oh, bucks. It's what? I think it's thirty-five bucks. Oh wow! Thirty-eight bucks for uh, for it's a Delrin. There must be solid. gold in it because usually compass stuff is a lot cheaper than that. Yeah, that's that's just one of those parts. Still cheaper than a set of skids for my goddamn goblin. For the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not even a seven, not even a Goblin Seven Hundred. Oh, yeah, dude, you're um, just looking for shit to whine about. Yeah, that's it. Now, while I was out at the field last Sunday, I decided, you know what? I've got quite a few flights on these Zeal blades. I think it's probably time to try and uh, throw some compass blades back on there, which is what I'd had on there previously and put tons and tons of flights on. Mm-hmm. Um, so about four flights into the day, I went ahead and pulled the zeal blades off and put the compass blades on. And I hate to say it, but the uh, zeal blades are still sitting in the back of my truck. Ah, <laughs> um, man, it it was. I I really wanted to like the blades because you know you look at them from a price point, and they're great. I think at Pro Star and other places, I think they're like ninety five bucks. Wow, for, for the zeal blades. So. For a 700 class blade, that's a pretty good price. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, really wanted to like them, but I got to say there, I could I could never get the head just 100% solid. It always felt just a little bit squishy, you know, almost like I wanted to add in a little bit more collective pitch, but I mean, I already have 13 and a half degrees, so I didn't really want to bump that up. What's the weight <laughs> difference between those and the compass blades? That I'm not sure. I would... Like, I would think they're a little bit heavier. I'm not sure, because they are a wider cord. Ah, uh, okay. And um, they're both 700s. Yep. Yep, yep. And so they are just a little bit too squishy for me. And it, it really does play into a lot of different maneuvers, because everything with the Zeal Blades had to be very, very clean on the collective. Because you guys kind of know, like, you can do, even if your heli's tuned perfectly, you can do TikToks in such a way that it still bobbles. Uh, you should see my Piro Tick Ticks. Tick Ticks? Yeah. They, they freaking bobble. They bobble like a mofo. Yeah, even though the head is tuned, you know, the head's tuned great on the heli. If you don't do the maneuver correctly or clean, it's still going to bobble. Mm-hmm. Well, I found that with the Zeal Blades, that band narrowed up greatly. I mean, you uh, had to just nail it or yeah. the heli was going to bobble like crazy. People don't realize blades can do that. Like, just blade choice can do that. Yep, yep. Which is frustrating when you're learning and you can't figure out why you can't do something. Yep, and, and all you're thinking is, I'm going to crash, so I want to buy the cheapest set. Yep. You know, but... And so, I, you know, when I put the compass blades on, I had fully planned to spend a couple flights, go back and get it tuned, you know, use the bank switching and get it tuned for the compass blades, but I didn't even have to retune it. It was just immediate right then. Didn't have to change a single setting. It's just like, Night and oh, day difference. Okay. <laughs> yep. So, you know, it was it was nice to try another set of blades, but for now and until I, you know, I, I'm I kind of plan this year to keep trying different sets of blades because I don't just want to stick with one thing and you know not give anything else a fair shot. So, 
I'll, I'll keep trying some other brands, but for now, the compass blades are staying on there, and the zeal blades are kind of going as the uh, the backup set for that heli. Hmm. So, yeah, which which is a bummer, man, because ninety five bucks a set is is a pretty good price. That's a really good price, and if I remember correctly, dude, they look pretty sweet. Yeah. Yep. They They've look got, sweet. Like, color they on come, them and everything. Yep, and they come packaged. You know, they the packaging is really nice on the blades. Um, so yeah, it, I, I want to like them, but just the for me at least in my flying style, the flight characteristics just aren't quite there, or oh. what you know what I'm looking for. Um, so that brings me up to today. So went out to the field this morning, and I got to say, guys, it felt like spring today here in Whatcom County. It was 55 degrees, not a cloud in the sky. Yep. I'm standing out there at the field wearing jeans and a t-shirt, flying my helicopter, and I got in 15 flights today. Nice. Sweet, dude. And so, yeah, it, it was a blast. It was nice to not have to be huddled around a heater, trying to keep my hands warm in between flights. Um, f- finally, not like that, you know, just solid gray nasty looking sky that we always have to fly against here up in yeah, Bellingham. Miserable. It, yeah, horrible for orientation. It was that it was just, you know, perfect blue. Not not a cloud in the sky. So awesome, awesome day um at the field today. And I did get the chance to put a couple more flights on the uh one eighty CFX. So gonna keep tweaking and tuning that a little bit and just keep going. So Nice. Awesome, pretty dude. much pretty much my week not not as much simming as last week uh last last week i simmed every single night so i put up like three more hours onto my total i Damn. think this, no that that was last like two weeks ago i guess yeah yeah you're right because yeah yep. so i reported that last show i think this week i got in like 45 minutes or an hour somewhere right in there so what are you at now um, um let me see look it up bear with let me Go to my handy little flight counter app, which has a sim model. Didn't that work out nice? It's we get awesome, asked that dude. a lot. Uh, what, um, what logger we're using, and all of us are on iOS, and I do believe this is on you Android can, yeah. as well. And it will sync. Um, it won't sync automatically. You do have to. Uh, ask it to sync, but it will mm-hmm. sync to Dropbox. We're using the Justin, you know the name. T- it's called the Tech Dad. Tech Dad. Tech Dad yep. RC Flight Logger. Yep. So right now I'm sitting at five hours. Nice. Not too bad on my sim time. So so definitely not a no fly. Is it a no buy? Oh, Nick, uh, listen to last week's show. All right. It, yeah. it is it is a no buy. Okay. For this week. Yeah. All right. Well, you take the take the fly but get the no and buy. That, and that's because I you know, I already I keep tons of parts in stock, so I didn't have to buy a main gear or anything like that. Yeah. And then I already we're had, talking about buying cool shit, not replacement yeah, stuff. And then I, and I we're already, talking about Jesse. I already had blades in stock too. I already had a set of blades, so didn't have to pick any up. All right. But yeah, so no buy. All right. Well, Justin, you want to go or you want me to go? I'll let you pick. I'll go. Okay. I had a good week as well. Like uh, like you mentioned, Jesse, the weather today was amazing. It was my day off. Oh, yeah. I got out to the field and I brought 
everything to the field. God, you guys in your damn days off. Yeah, Nick. I mean, dude, I seriously thought it was June or oh, May. Yeah. It was, I think the high was maybe like 56 or 57 yep. out there, just like you said, Jesse, with a T-shirt on, uh, had a couple of friends out there at the field, Al and Mark and uh, David Penny, and just had a blast. I mean, I brought, let's see, I brought out the Diablo Speed, I brought out the TDR, uh, the Chase 360, the Goblin 770, and my little multi-rotor. Flew everything except for the multi-rotor, but if there's one you're not going to fly, that's the obvious pick, right? And, uh, well, I got to try out the GPS-2 for the first time, and I had set it up on the TDR. I, I Just because I randomly chose that one, it, you know, it is what it is. And, dude, I am in love. Not just with the GPS-2, but with the awesomeness of the Jetty radio. So mm. you plug this thing in, power it up. It logs on to or locks into the satellites in literally like 10 seconds. You don't have to wait 30 or 45 seconds, sometimes a minute like I had to do with the Eagle Tree GPS. You tell the Jetty to start logging. Okay, and, and in fact, I've got my logging set to begin when my timer begins, which is based on my throttle position, kind of, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys do the same thing with your, your collective yeah. and throttle yep. stick. Okay. So go out there and fly, did my thing, you know, flies perfectly fine. I haven't changed anything on it other than swapping it out to the jetty from Futaba. And, um, I come back down, come back to the bench and there is no plugging into USBs. There is no putting an SD card into the computer. I go to the data analyzer app on the transmitter, choose what variables I want to look at. And before you know it, I have speed as a function of time uh, for the entire flight. It is awesome. So So how can you, like, is there a way to get that over to a computer where you can actually look at like, you know, your, your speed during a run during like the flat part of your run. Oh yeah. In fact, you can look at it on the the transmitter. The transmitter Uh, has a data analyzer, Nick, where you go in and you say, choose what session you want to analyze and then choose what data parameter you want. So, It'll give you a list of everything you recorded for that flight. So for me, I've got speed, I've got altitude, I've got total trip distance, and then I've got like receiver voltage, antenna one and antenna two signal level, a couple of other things. So can you pick like a start time and a finish time for like a range of data and tell it to give you the average? You can I don't think you can do that, but what's really nice is you can zoom, Jesse. On the oh, okay. plot. And so yep. what I'll do is, you know, you, you open the plot and you choose speed and it shows you the whole flight. So basically what that looks like on a graph is, a you know, a bunch of humps, right? Yep. Say like six humps per run, uh, for each run. Yep. And then I go and I zoom in on one of the humps and I can zoom in such that the width of the total screen is five seconds, which oh, okay. just happens to be 
about the max duration that it should take at competitive speed to get across a 200 meter distance. If you mm-hmm. do the math on how many meters per second you're you're running, usually in the, you know, 50 to 70 range. And so I zoom into five seconds and look at the line and on all of my runs, it doesn't vary by more than a couple of kilometers per hour. That's the unit that the GPS measures and you just do the conversion. And so I can look at it and see that my best run today had a peak of 208 kilometers an hour and an average, if I did the math correctly, of about 203, which is right about 130 miles an hour. Nice. Cool. And that's just on the TDR. That's just on the TDR without the speed canopy. Yeah. Not really trying all that hard. Just playing. Uh, But the other cool thing is it gives you the altitude. You can do the same thing there and then trip distance. So guess and and this is just sort of a nerdy curiosity for me. Guess how (laughs) how much distance the TDR covered in six speed runs on a three minute flight timer. Oh, geez. <laughs> I wouldn't even have a clue. Uh, two miles. Yeah, a little bit, little bit more. Four and a half kilometers, which is right about two and a half to uh, three miles. Wow. In three nice. minutes. <laughs> That's pretty freaking cool, man. That's nice. like an average of 60 miles an hour. Nerd stuff. Oh, yeah. So... That was incredibly badass. Got the Diablo speed running as well. That thing is freaking ridiculous. Uh, It is so slippery that it really does not take all that much effort to get going fast. And after I did some runs on it, I was really pissed that I didn't put the GPS on it yet. But that'll be next time. Um, I'm only running it up at 2300 on the head just because I want to kind of ease into it. The 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 motor is geared right now for up to about twenty seven hundred. I think I can go. <laughs> so we'll we'll Woo! see what happens there. Oh yeah, dude! I'll tell you what. You just <laughs> wait. <laughs> I mean, the sound is unlike anything I've ever heard, even amongst the other speed helis. This thing has like <laughs> a growl to it. Uh, so that that. <laughs> Uh, The other guys were pretty excited about seeing that one, too. B.K. Servo. Brought to you by the legendary Burt Kammerer. B.K. Servo is proud to present to you its new line of cordless micro cyclic and mini tail servos. When you don't want to compromise on performance, but are looking for an affordable, high-voltage servo to keep your 360-class heli locked in no matter what you throw at it, look no further than the BK DS3001 HV Cyclic Servos. Designed specifically to handle the rigors of today's 360-380mm to models, the BK DS3001 HV High Torque Cyclic Micro Servos will keep you connected. And for amazing tail performance, look no further than the BK DS5005 HV mini high-speed tail servo, which will hold through the worst that you can throw at it. BK Servo. 
Coming to a 360-class heli near you. So I got a story about the 770. You know, we're, we're doing the pilot proficiency program, and I'm thinking to myself, well, I have been kicking some serious butt on the sim, and I've been flying the crap out of my chase and practicing. I said, Al and, and David, here's my iPad. I logged into Yen's uh, progress tracker, right? I'm like, let's do this shit. I'm going to check some stuff off because I want to come on to the show tonight. I told him I'm coming on to the show tonight and I'm going to give these bitches a hard time because I will have gotten the first maneuvers checked off. Well, so mind you, the last time I flew, the I'm not hearing a hard time. Are you hearing yeah, a hard time? I'm it not don't, it's it. not coming. In fact, I'm okay. about to get the hard time. The last time I flew this model was probably a month or more ago. And when I was flying. You forgot how to do a tail end takeoff. I I was flying on 14S at like 1850, and it was a freaking rocket ship on 753s, right? 12 and a half pound heli on 753s. Insert excuses here. Oh, no, no. There's no excuses because you just wait. So we all walk up there. I'm like, all right, Al. Now, don't go easy on me. Uh, you know, I, I want you to tell me if there's a problem here. So I, I spool up and I'm like, yeah, that's weird, man. It's um, it's kind of wobbling a bit on the ground. I mean, maybe my blades are a little tight. No big deal. So I spool up a little bit further. I go ahead and take off. And the heli's kind of doing like now, if you could imagine, it kind of looks like a pyro wobble, but without the pyro. Mm-hmm. So you got that in your mind's eye. That's the gobble wobble, dude. And I said, okay, well, we're going to land because clearly that is not how you get the first maneuver of level one checked <laughs> off. And we go up and look at the heli because I'm thinking it's got to be my blades or something. Well, I put one blade on backwards. <laughs> <laughs> so you got lucky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Ooh, and I nice. told David. This is the second time he has been present when on the same machine I have done something stupid because I'm trying to multitask by talking and setting my shit up at the same time. So from here on out, when I'm working on my helis and you guys are at the field with me, I'm going to tell you to just leave me alone. (laughs) Shut your pie hole. (laughs) Yeah, that, that was a little scary, but no big deal. I mean, dude, it flew. It took off. I mean, it wasn't pretty. They 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 didn't check me off on that hover, <laughs> but but it worked. So after we fixed that, <laughs> failed the safety check too. Apparently, yeah. After we fixed that, I was ready. I thought. So I spooled it back up. Go to take off. It lifts off the ground. I've got a nice smooth ascent to about three or four feet start my hover okay and then it droops a little bit you know a few inches here or there and it's drifting it goes up it goes down and i'm i'm like speaking or thinking out loud and i'm like guys this sucks like don't check me off on this it looks horrible there's a little bit of wind you know a few gusts here and there which may play a role but you know what i think i realized is that I do not have it tuned to be as precise in these level one maneuvers as I'd really like it to be because it was very twitchy. 
And, you know, Nick and I were chatting a little bit about this afterwards. And I think maybe my standards are a bit too high because I'm not trying to go out there and be an F3C guy. But I was not feeling it at all. So well, I we hit him, on something else, too. What? We definitely hit on something else. That you have been putting a tremendous amount of flights on the chase. And on the and, sim. And on the sim. And here you come out with the 770, which is going to have, in theory, a lot more collective response. Oh, Completely yeah. different disc loading. And all around, pretty much the farthest spectrum from the chase possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and expect to precision hover it. I mean, it's just not, that doesn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, it it was a little disconcerting, but I think I realized that as, you know, we, we talked about it before, and I think Jesse was the first to mention the fact that the nice thing about the proficiency program is the levels not only, you know, walk you through from beginner to advanced skill in flying, mm-hmm. but they also walk you through beginner to advanced tuning yep. or or model setup. And so... You know, can you take a model that is tuned to be fully capable in 3D at level six or level seven maneuvers, bring it back to level one without changing any settings whatsoever and expect to be precise in these sorts of maneuvers? And I think the answer is yes, kind of. It depends on who you are and how much effort you really want to put into it. Bottom line is we're not trying to master the stuff. We're trying to show control and and the ability to make the heli do what we want it to do. And yep. I need to yep. update my setup in order to get there and probably just get used to it a little bit more. I think you're right. I think I went out there and I'm like, well, dude, I've been nailing all of this on the sim and on the chase, which is a 360, by the way, not nearly as stable. So this is going to be a cakewalk. The hovering stuff is not as cakey as I thought. Uh, But I did go on to do some of the higher level stuff. I did a really nice set of the two consecutive flips in all four directions, in all four orientations, you know, tail in, nose in, left and right side in. That was really good. Uh, Nailed a lot of the, uh, I think, intermediate and advanced sport stuff like the half Cuban eights, the loop. The Immelmans, all of that's pretty straightforward. Didn't get them checked off, but I feel confident that if I had someone watching me, I would get it done. Hmm. Nice. Well, it's good to hear that you got some flying in. It's good to. I think we're all going to run into a big wow, you know, Mm -hmm. slap in the face when we start trying this. Well, after that first flight, I'm like, okay, going to go on and record tonight and ask for forgiveness when I reduce my goal to one plus five. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got, believe me, I got a long ways to go. That's for sure. So did you get, are you taking a no buy? Oh, let me think. No buy, no buy. Yeah, I think I'm taking a no buy. Wow. I didn't buy anything. Hmm. Wow. That's monumental for you. That's pretty crazy, actually, dude. Yeah, I didn't buy anything. I flew, didn't buy. Print me off a card. 
every so often we have to we have to fly and not buy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's, that's that's the idea. Yeah, my, my I like buying. My wife might think otherwise, but buying is like you know it's it's half of the hobby. It yeah. is. It, I wish it wasn't, but unfortunately, it is. So let's see. Um, I was on vacation last week. Went down to California, visited some family, which was a nice trip. Uh, I did not take a heli with me. I would have been strangled if I had. <laughs> the health risk. Yeah, <laughs> very high health risk. Um, yeah, I got back, you know, and I have on the bench. Uh, the The parts are starting to really pile up for the E five. It's in my possession now. It looks great. I got looks like I was very fortunate, and I got a. a a great deal on a good used heli. No no huge surprises yet, so that's really nice. Um, I have decided to, you know, I'm still kind of up in the air on the, well, I want to do a night heli thing, and I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm having a hard time deciding how patient with this I want to be. I've got a set of experts that I, I think I'm going to put back in the MD and turn that into a night heli, but I don't have any other cyclics for the E5 at the moment. So I think I'm just going to go ahead and throw them in there just to help get it closer to Maiden. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I put this on my Facebook, but again, I wasn't here, so a lot of people might not know. You know, I'm... This is, this is a little out, out of the ordinary, but I'm going to try a CGY750. How is that out of the ordinary? Seems right. That's in line. right about on on schedule. Actually. Well, if I say that, it makes me feel better. Ah, uh, but you knew even though that it's not your true. Good friends Jesse and Justin weren't going to let you pass <laughs> yeah. feeling better. I was going to say it's been about three weeks. Yeah. You're about due for a new fly barless <laughs> system. <laughs> let's let's do this the right way. When was the last time you flew a different fly barless system? Uh it's ah uh, man. Three weeks. No. The Vortex. Oh, yeah. Shit. Never yeah. Mind. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Nailed never it, mind. <laughs> Thank Call you. Call him out. <laughs> yeah. No. Whatever. So, uh, yeah, I have a CGY 750 here uh, on loan from a great friend. Thank you. You know who you are. Um. This... Uh, yeah, I just kind of always wanted to try it. I had no idea that they, you know, they they have an electric gov. And that was out in an update that I think just kind of got blown over. There was a lot of people talking about how 1.4 was leaps and bounds above the rest. And so it's like, ah, you know what? I... I'm fortunate enough to be able to talk to Matt Bodos, you know, since it is an E5, and then kind of thinking, well, if I'm going to try a CGY on something, this would be the perfect opportunity. He's extremely fluent with the CGY. That's what he flies. Not to mention it's on an E5, which he kind of designed. So I'm thinking that if I run into hitches, it's, I mean, this would definitely be the one to try. So... That's why. Hmm. Uh, let's see what else I got. Um, 
Got a great listener. Uh, you guys know Michael, I do believe. Which one? Lives in Puerto Rico. Ah, uh, yes. Yep. Yes. Um, he had a, a 4025 550 laying around, which happened to be the motor that I was going to order. So we're going to work something out there. So that's kind of cool. I have in my possession, I, I decided to go with an Edge 80HV. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, okay. I'm going to keep it. I, you know, my reasoning is I don't see going back to 6S. I just don't. I mean, I, I just, I, I can't do it. You know, I know that eventually 12S is going to be where I'm going to end up. So I'm going to set it up as a 12S heli. But, Justin, as per your recommendations, or, you know, idea, I am going to fly it as a 550. Yes, thank you. So just lighter packs? Different yes. Packs? Yeah, I'll probably go down to like uh, 27s, okay. 26s, somewhere around in there. I just want to see what you think. And if you end up thinking it sucks, then hey, it well, is what it is, dude, you know? You know, I don't think that it's a crazy light 550 right out of the box. I'm thinking it is, dude. I got to hang out with Al today who has an E7 and an E5, and it is not heavy. Well, it'll he be really interesting. Himself, it feels light. Well, that's good. I'm going to run it on uh, rail 553s. 556s, excuse me, yes. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, you know, and that's kind of why I decided to go with the 80 instead of the 120, which I think mm-hmm. a lot of people go with. Because, I, you know, if you look at specs on that motor, that's right around in line, and I'm not going to go excessive with anything. I'm just going to try and keep it lean, light, and uh, yeah. Yeah, that, my, my only argument there would be the 120 is not that much bigger for that brand of speed controller. No, oh, I agree. It's, point, it's hardly any longer. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not very much weight. But if you're not going to use it, you're not going to use it. So. Yeah, I just I don't foresee it. And I really, you know, okay. The the old Nick would say, well, get a 120 because then when you sell it, you've got a 120 to put on another 700. I mean, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's my way of thinking. But this kind of forces me. This 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 is going to make me stick with, all right, the only thing I'm going to use this on is a 550 class heli, and that's where it's going to go and stay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's that's the plan. See, I'm thinking that now when you sell it, you're gonna have no speed controller. No, <laughs> no, no, dude. I'm. No. You know, I, I mean, forgot. What's the difference in weight, dude, and price between an eighty and a one twenty? Because let's face it, I mean, buying yourself into a corner with an eighty is not gonna stop you from getting rid of it and getting something no. else. No, no, no. But when you have mental weakness. Like I do, it's not about the technicalities. It's about whatever mentally puts you <laughs> puts you in the right place to think. Does okay. that kind of make sense? Uh, I can I can handle that. Yeah, we, I mean we wanna we wanna do whatever's gonna keep Nick out of the out of the red. So the and actually, you know what? It is more than I thought. Okay, so for an uh, an eighty. Mm-hmm. Edge HV, we are looking at sixty two point two grams, or no, excuse me, one twenty four point six with one, wires. With wires, one twenty four point six. 
and a 120 is 148. So, dude, 20 grams, right? Yeah, not Nothing. that big of a deal. But... No, but I'm also, I'm not going to run a receiver pack on this. <gasps> Good. Thank you. Yep. I'm going to go BEC. Uh, and again, all trying to keep it as light and as lean as possible. Yep. You know, I if have, you wanted to really box yourself in, why didn't you go with a Talon 90? Because I love the Edge series controller, mm-hmm. and I would have to put uh, uh, an RPM sensor on a Talon. Yep. Ah, uh, And that yes. makes me mad. Okay. Good point. Good point. I would rather, and I just feel all around better on that 550 size. Because keep in mind, it's 550, but maybe I do want to run it on, you know, stretch it out and run, potentially turn it into a, you know, nine and a half pound or nine pound 600 running 626s. I just don't like that on that Talon BEC. It doesn't make me warm and fuzzy. Mm-hmm. So now, I let's see, what do I got left? I got to pick a BEC for it. Order the packs and buy the blades. But I, I got my other receiver. Um, Yeah. Packs are pretty much good to go. It's mostly, yeah, just picking which BEC. When's it going to get maidened? Uh, you Roughly. know, I'm not in a big hurry. A couple weeks, probably. I'm not in a huge hurry with this one. It was nice. I forgot. Jesse and, and you know, you would know out of... The most of us, Justin, you're so used to super nice German shit that, you know, it's it's probably like every day for you. But I've been flying in the more economic range. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like stuff that's, you know, it's got some plastic parts on it and carbon fiber and aluminum, you know, kind of the mix. Uh, man, pulling that. I just really kind of forgot how nice and clean Synergy Helis are. I mean, they're very, they're just clean. They're nice. They're very well, they're very well built. They're very well put together. Aesthetically, they look nice and, and the quality is, is great. I had, yeah. it's, been, it's been so true, long, true. I kind of forgot. I mean, same thing with the, you know, the N7. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. I just, awesome. I forgot how nice they were. So that was kind of a good reminder too. So let's see. Uh, to yesterday. I finally got out yesterday and put in, what, four flights at lunch on one of the E700s. One was just getting back into the sticks because it's been a while. Then I did work on some of the proficiency stuff. Um, center point, what's the technical name, Justin, for those? The center, center heading point. circles. Center heading circles can Kiss my white ass. Yeah, dude. Yep. <laughs> I did one today on the 770 and pooped a little. Uh, yeah. Yep. They, you know, I have got it nailed a couple directions. No problem. But like a right rudder, right cyclic tail in one. I, I mean, oh, I'm not dude, kidding. That's one of the ones that I've got nailed. No, I could. I almost ducked. Uh, (laughs) nice so humbling so humbling uh did you know i didn't struggle with uh, with the other ones and and i did work through some of the figure of eight ones 
but you know, just really kind of realize the center heading figure eights. Yeah, those are yeah, the, a real bitch. It's freaking tough, man. I mean, just a big old chunk of humble pie a la mode. Well, let me and tell see, you. that's when I'm ta- That's when I go back to what we were talking about in my section, which is where do you draw the line in terms of standard of quality on the maneuver? Because well, I, I think can it's see pretty with baseline. My personal it, standards that I will. If won't you have get to duck, it. you fail. Well, it, okay. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> thank you. That's a you have drawn a line in the sand. It's a pretty rough one, but let's take it to the next step. I mean, if you say whoosh it, <laughs> you fail. Or if anyone in the, in the vicinity says whoosh it, you fail. Yeah, I mean, if you if, lean if the person that's there to uh, to to check you off backs up. Yeah, you failed. You fail. Well, I, you know, I, when it comes to these, it it is a lot of it is, you know, judgment calling the people there. But I think like on a, you know, let's say a, let's we'll just use one of the circles, for example. If you're going to put the heli at a safe distance out and a little bit up that's safe, you know, um, I, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of that F, FAI F3C stuff is done relatively close, really. And I would like to get people out a little bit, a little bit farther, a little bit safer distance. And we do have wind and stuff to to play into. And the models aren't set up for precision hovering. But I mean, you know, am I concerned about being precisely ninety degrees, uh, you know, or precisely heading in the entire time? No, but you should be able to do a a nice clean circle, no more than, you know, if you're going up five feet from where you started and then down five feet from where you started, I would say that your collective is a little lacking and needs some cleaning up. But if you're going around, you know, as you're coming around the circle and, you know, you, you, you're changing wind directions. If you get a little bit of, you know, cyclic lift out of it from just changing directions on the wind and the heli picks up a foot i think that you should have an opportunity to correct and bring it back down so i'm not i'm not worried about it if it goes up or down you know a foot either direction from where it starts the the idea is that you show control uh through the entire maneuver it doesn't stop anywhere it doesn't yeah. drastically change speed you know it's not like it started as a very slow circle and ended up as a <laughs> funnel, you know, a vertical <laughs> funnel. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's yeah. A lot of it's about knowing which correction to make. You know, yeah, making the fir- the the right correction the first time. I just yeah. think it's going to be very subjective. It is going to be I subjective. Think people are. I mean, I think we're going to see a natural variation in the level of precision or mastery that these maneuvers are done in, like when we go to a fun fly, for example, because, you know, you guys, so you guys are probably going to go and try to check stuff off together. And you guys may set a standard that I don't care what anyone says. It's difficult to really communicate that standard verbally. Yeah. You, you kind of have to be there to see, okay, well, Jesse checked that off for Nick. That, that was not too bad. 
And mm-hmm. and I think everyone's going to have that sort of a thing. And when we all get together, I think there's still going to be a fairly decent distribution in terms of the level of precision that these types of maneuvers are executed with. Yeah, and I think something that's really important there is I don't, you know, I, I don't think that I have this leery sense that people are going to, you know, run into each other at a fun fly and be watching. And what, you know, what we don't want, and th- and this is a huge what we don't want. I don't want someone looking down upon someone else because they didn't judge with as tight of standards. That's, you know, that's not right. That's not what this is about. It's, no. it, it's like you said, Justin, this is all very subjective and it's, it's setting goals with the people that you fly with and or fly around or personally what mm-hmm. you feel is okay, what you are okay with. I mean, I am going for a I'm going for a balance of I expect to be able to say, you know, with honesty, I can do this maneuver and I can do it in a controlled fashion and have it go where I want it to go when I want it to go there. That's my goal. I don't want to be able to say I can compete and I think that I can nail this maneuver just as good as anyone else. And that's where I think it comes back to what is it that you and your group of friends are really trying to get out of it? Because there may be people that are serious about, hey, maybe they want to try out F3C. Well, if that's the case, chances are you're probably going to be spending the entire year on level one and two. Yep. Because Which is, you and need to master those maneuvers as simple as that they are to great. everyone else. And that's perfect because that's setting a goal and achieving that goal. And I, I, I know, but I just think that people need to be able to communicate that because you don't want to, I mean, if you're trying to do what I think and hope the average proficiency program uh, person is going to be doing, which is doing this to learn and to drive some discipline and focus into it, but not with the end goal of becoming an F3C master, then you got to find a balance because if you go too far to the being hard on yourself, you're never going to get anywhere. You're going to discourage yeah. yourself yeah. and you haven't learned. And if you go too far on the that's good enough, then before you know it, you're at level five and you're doing really horrible looking TikToks and then nothing has changed since the last time you went out flying and doing 3D before the program because yeah. you just blasted through the basics and didn't learn anything. It is yeah. going to be subjective. And boy, let me tell you that the height, you know, a lot of these maneuvers, we don't have a, a specific height. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you, you do anything lower to the ground and it it, it looks... 10 times worse than if you put it up at 100 feet. Agreed. And you have to do it where you're comfortable, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, it it just, it comes back down to what, how you and your local group want to judge. A center heading circle at 100 feet, to me, I mean, I don't know that I can judge that it was done precisely. I agree. Just as but, a center heading circle at a foot off the ground, unless you are a master, you're likely to see a lot of corrections. And so now is that fair for me to not check you off because you chose to do it that low? Well, 
Okay, how about I think that's a big thing on uh, communication with the person that you, that you are is having you check off. Because you know what? There are a lot of people and a lot of pilots out there who have no desire to fly under 100 feet because of financial reasons or whatever. That's where they do all of their flying. Yeah. Well, then you so just they, have to set the expectations. Yeah, up just say, hey, I don't, you know, but for me, I don't hardly ever fly up that high unless I'm learning something from scratch. Mm-hmm. So... I want it to look good at the flight, you know, at the height in which I would normally do it. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be where I want to be judged on. And I'm going to let them know that. So, again, it, it's kind of up to you. Just just don't, you know, don't go, oh, you're only at level this or, oh, you're stuck on that. Because no, their standards might be different than yours and, and neither one is right and neither one's yep. wrong. This is all about what you want to get out of it and how far you want to progress. They might even say, you know what? I don't even want to try level four. I want to be a master of one through three. Yeah. And so then and you set cool, your dude. Yeah. That's, well, yeah that, that's the that's one of the greatest things about the whole program is it's all about setting your own goals and then having that personal satisfaction when you meet them. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So anyway. Back to back to what I was talking about. I got my ass kicked a little bit on those. I wanted to make a couple comments. I found a really cool trick. This is just this is a game changer for me because I found a huge mistake on my part. So because I haven't been flying as much, I've been simming a ton. I'm up at like I don't know five hours forty minutes, five hours fifty minutes, somewhere around in what there. Where are you at? Let's see the official number. Because that's how we're doing this. I forgot to do mine. I'm at five hours, 50 minutes. 540. Yes, I win. 540 dead on. Okay, so. For this week. Now, what I've been working on in the sim is nothing proficiency. I've been really, I was in the middle of working on Pyro Tick Ticks. Uh, And yes, I am renaming that permanently until I can do them. What about the top talks? Uh, no, we just go pyrotech shit, pyrotech shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been working on those and then trying to polish up my right rudder pure flips. And they're looking really good in the sim. So I take the rafter out and I can't do either of them. Like cleanly at all. And I'm going, what? Seriously? I put so much time in on the sim. How can this be? And then I'm kind of like, okay, well, wait, there it is a little bit. So then I I took a flight and I really kind of like tried to dissect a little bit what was going on. And I figured out that I was way too fast on my tail for the Pyro TikToks. So I made a conscious effort. Okay, go slower, less rudder. And hey, what do you know? There they are. So now I can do them about as good as I can do them on the sim, which was actually a really good feeling. Looking into the right rudder pyro flips, same thing. What's going on? Wow. My collective is all over the place. That's kind of weird. You know what? The model does seem pretty freaking fast. Nothing's changed on my actual heli. Let me just try something. So I flipped down into idle one. Now, idle one, I normally fly at 1950 with about 14 degrees. Idle one is 1750, still with 14 degrees. 
I go to do the right rudder pair flips. And what do you know? They're seamless. Like dot right in one spot, just like they are in the sim. So what did this tell me? This tell me that my sim model is not tuned Mm -hmm. like my real model close. Now, is either one right? No. Is either one wrong? No. That's not the problem. The problem is that they're different. So I kind of got to rack in my brain because some fly barless systems, you get the whole degrees per second on the cyclic and on the tail rotation. Mm-hmm. V-Bar doesn't have that, and a lot of others don't have it. So I'm thinking, how can I do this? Well, guess what? In the App Store, either one, I checked, download a free metronome app. For those of you non-music people don't know what the metronome is, it is basically a awesome little thing that goes tick, 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 tick at a set beat per minute. You can set that, like increase it, slow it up, slow it down. So what you do, whichever model you feel you want it to fly like, like if you have your heli set up right, go out there and fly, have somebody help you, or you'll just have to, you know, land, go up a little bit, do whatever, but get that metronome dialed in to where it matches the, the pyro speed on your heli. So boom, 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 every time the tail's coming around. Now you have an actual number to go to your sim model with and do it on your sim and match your sim. I consider myself pretty fair at tuning. I was off. Enough to throw my maneuvers off mm-hmm. because I had spent so much time on the sim. Uh, <laughs> game changer for me. I mean, and you can do this. If, if you're at a skill level, should I say, where you can do, uh, you know, full elevator flips, full aileron flips, you can do the same thing with the cyclic to, to dial it in even more. And it just takes, it takes a lot more variables out because I got to tell you, when it comes to pirouetting maneuvers, there is not a single thing that will throw your pirouetting maneuvers off more than learning on one pyro speed and doing it in real life on another. That's my opinion. But since I'm in the middle of learning some of the harder ones, that has been the, the biggest crutch for me. And if you're only going out and getting maybe two, three, four flights in a day, well, I can tell you it took me two flights to get used to it. Yep. You're just, you're cutting down your effective flight time. And, you know, Dan made a comment about he thinks that the Sims are only good just for muscle memory. Mm-hmm. And that he had, he could never really relate anything that he was learning to flying in real life. I think this is why. Well, yeah. I and, think and that makes sense, dude. That's perfectly justified because if you go to the Sim... And you practice, 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 and you know na- start nailing the maneuvers in the sim. And you go to real life, and it's absolutely nothing like the sim. Well, then, yeah, you just kind of ask yourself, what's the point? I well, think I'm that saying- was my problem today with the seven seventy because I've been flying the exactly. crap out of the sim, and yeah. I, dude, I have tuned that thing like you would not believe, and it feels awesome. And same with the chase, quite frankly. And then I go back to the 770, it's like, whoa, this doesn't feel anything like either of them. That's right. So it's not, Yeah, I, I mean, I really believe that that's kind of what's happening. And I'm not saying that, that it's still wasted time on the sim because, you know, after those 
two flights of getting used to it. Now, all of a sudden, my period of TikToks kind of went into shape, mm-hmm. but I didn't mm-hmm. feel comfortable all four flights flying that heli. And it, this is not an issue of like, you know, when you're learning and you're going to try something and you get that, oh my God, we're all going to die. I'm going to crash pucker factor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm up doing these and I there's no worry about crashing. It's just, oh, I got out of shape, catch it, put it back there. So there's there's no fear there in that. This is simply, I'm going through the motions that I just learned on the sim and it's not doing anything like what it should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> and that is really discouraging. And then you have to figure out why. Why is it not doing that? Yeah. And by the time you figure out why, you've burned up a couple packs, part of your flying time, then you only get one genuine flight where it's like, ooh, there it is, yeah. So it can really mess with your confidence. Yep. So that's my goal uh, for tomorrow. Hopefully I'm going to try and get out and, and get my models, get some readings on the models and or, you know, man, I mean, Jesse, you mentioned 13 and a half. You're flying at 13 and a half? Yeah. But I'm also spending, I think, 20, like 2,025 on the head. Okay. So it's probably pretty similar then. Yeah. Uh, it, This might be one of those things where I, you know, I thought that the big 14 was where it's at, but maybe it's just not, you know, maybe it's not. Maybe I will be a better pilot if I drop down to 13 and a half. On the pitch. Yeah, possibly. I, I think one of my main goals for tomorrow flying too is to kind of go back through, set the rates, and get my real heli flying how I want, and then retune the sim. Yes. And, you know, and, and I didn't change anything because I was trying to follow that rule, which we always say, which is <laughs> never go out there and change after the first flight. And I haven't flown in, you know, a bit. So it's like, of course, everything's going to feel fast. Yeah. But, I I do kind of have a hunch. I know that I have been right on the edge. Uh, I've been right on the edge with the tail, trying to push the pyro speed and for me personally, and I've been right on the edge with the collective, trying to get you know a little more snap, a little more pop, a little more excitement out of some of those maneuvers where I, I really might be sacrificing some accuracy and some cleanliness on the other ones. That makes yep. sense. So... Yeah, I got my fly. I got my buy. That was my week. Very nice. Yeah, well, enough rambling there. We seem to make up for Dan not being here. Yeah. Should we do some news? Let's do it. Let's do some news. Hey, Kayla, would you mind uh, charging up my batteries while I pack up all my helis and other gear so we can head out to the field? I would love to, if I could figure out how to work this charger. It's so confusing. You really need to get yourself a new one. (laughs) You don't have to tell me twice. I know exactly what I'll get. I'm going to head over to revelectrics.com to order myself up a brand new dual PowerLab 8 charger. With the pre-programmable menus and the endless customization, it's extremely fast and easy to charge nearly any battery. Thank God. All right, guys, this week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your RC helicopter news magazine. Jesse. Oh, I get, I get to do the honors this week? Would you mind doing some helping out with the news this week? You know, typically I don't have any news, but 
I think I uh, I think I threw a few things together Sweet. this week. Yeah, th- there's actually a, a little bit of news that happened in the last week in the hobby. So the first thing we got here is Blade Helicopter has announced the new Blade 360 CFX. Yay, with the naming! Yay! Uh, <laughs> it no longer is a Blade, you know, it's not the 450 naming convention. It's Dude, the I love it. They're my heroes yes. for calling it the 360. Dude. About time. It's like is this that way. Right? Did they, is it really a, a, a previous I, 450 size heli? I, I believe so because I was looking. I couldn't find anywhere in the description exactly what blade size it runs, but it says the main rotor diameter is like 780. So 360, 360, 720. So yeah, yeah it seems to be right. And it's a 6S. I yeah, do it's a, yeah, it's a 6S helicopter so they, with And they had the 450X. Remember yep. that? That's been yep. their normal quote unquote 450 for a while. So, dude, they did it. They. They oh, rolled yeah. with the and, naming. You know, it it looks from from the pictures I'm seeing, it looks pretty nice. And you know, Spectrum DSMX control plus BSTEX fly barless system um, on the bind and fly. So nice. Yeah, I it actually say, this, looks pretty cool, dude. Yeah, looking at the pictures, that if you go to the link to their actual website too, they they got a really nice side shot showing you the canopy and it. It looks pretty sweet. Um, I'm I'm really digging the the canopy design, the shape, form factor. So, do we know the price? Um, it looks like Blade 360 CFX Bind and Fly Basic selling price four ninety nine. Not, not ready know. to fly. That's a bind oh, and fly. A bind and yeah. fly. That's pretty so darn good, dude. That says you just provide your six chan you know, six plus channel transmitter, a thirteen hundred milliamp six S lipo, and then obviously your your charger and yep. you'll be good to go. So. That's it. I mean, honestly, for stepping into that class heli, because it, it I mean, Justin, you can attest to this too. It they're a blast to fly. Oh, so dude, stepping I into that it. class of heli for five hundred bucks, especially if you already got I was the, telling the everyone gear, you know, I was telling everyone to uh, to get away from, you know, like at first it was don't buy a 450, learn on a 500, learn on a 500. And then this class came out and it's just, you know, or well, excuse me, the T-Rex 500 size, 425 millimeter blade. Learn on mm-hmm. that because it flies so much better. But, you know, I'm kind of like, I've almost deleted that size. In oh, my yeah, book. I agree with you. This I, is the new 500. This is the new this is 500. This like the new 600. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really. I like that this is very 700X-ish. Yeah. I mean. Belt-driven tail, too. Good job, Blade. I know. That was I, a really good call. I, you know, I was, I'm still just gutted and really bummed that the 700X ended up discontinued. I, I know they you know, it's just, it's a fight for them with the name and the stereotype. I, I get yeah. it. I don't like it, but I get it. But these... Well, I, they seem to be killing it with the smaller helis, though, dude. I know, and so. this is not... I mean, just looking at it, I can tell you right now, I would have expectations of exactly what I ended up getting out of the 700X, which is a great experience. It's yep. not cheap, crappy servos. I mean, these are Spectrum servos. They're not the, you know, E-Flight stuff anymore. Yeah, it looks clean. It really does. 
Yeah, no, it, lo- it looks good. So the next thing is Spectrum RC has announced the new DX7 Super channel and the DX18 Stealth Edition radios. Now, it looks like the form factor, starting with the DX7 Super Channel, it looks like the form of the radio, the, the kind of overall profile, slightly different, kind of some you know curved edges. It looks pretty sleek, um, and it's all blacked out with red trim. Um, so it looks good from from that point of view. And then, you know, some, some features as well. So programmable voice alerts, wireless trainer links, a 250 model memory, you know, in case you want like... Which is eight, just... <laughs> in, I mean, in what? case you want like 150 foamies or Seriously? something. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. You know, who who knows? Maybe Turek needs that many or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the two... <laughs> Shit, don't get me started. He's um, the only one. Yeah. Yeah. So it says... Fly smarter with built-in telemetry, Um, real-time information on things like your model's battery voltage, signal quality, engine, motor temperature, airspeed, altitude, and more. Um, And it does implement the voice alert system with with use uh, for the telemetry. And it comes with an 8-channel receiver. It looks like this thing's 350 bucks. So that's the DX7 Super Channel. And then they also announced the DX18 Stealth Edition. Um, They don't go into a ton on the features on this one. Just, you know, powerful features for the expert pilot. Also, um, similar kind of looking, completely blacked out um, transmitter. I think it's the same thing. It's yeah, the same. I, I'm, I'm 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 missing the boat on this one, guys. Help me out here. You're not missing the boat. Is the no, DX7 it, it looks like is the DX7 Super Channel or whatever it's called? Yeah. It it sounds to me like it has more capability than the previous version of the DX7. Is that correct? Oh, for yes. sure. Okay. Yes. So it is yes. a true upgrade, and yeah. they and just happened I to think black they it tried out. To, I think they tried to drop the channels, bring the price down, and throw telemetry in okay. there. Okay. So yeah. now and we the move voice on command, to the Stealth and the voice Edition. And all, and all that stuff, which I the Stealth Edition, I think, is just a new look. Yes. It's the same. I mean, this is a... Is super this powerful. these guys uh, buying time for release of like a super amazing crazy radio? Now I'll I'm going to tell you right now. This or they out a lot of spectrum people. It fucking better be. <laughs> I could. I mean, I'm sorry. All the spectrum guys just went. Oh, I don't know. God, I mean, looking. I, I would semi disagree because the DX7 that this new DX7 throwing telemetry in there, 350 bucks with a Dude. receiver. I'm talking total revamp. I'm not talking like yeah, no, we yeah, need yeah. a different I, I radio it. with some. I'm talking like ditch the satellites, ditch the DSMX. Yeah, yeah. Get, yeah. get I mean, sorry, it's not. It, it's just, you know, I, I really get what they're doing. I think that it's cool. They're kind of polishing. But at the end of the day, it, it kind of just in a lot of people's mind it doesn't matter what you do to these radios if you're still going to have it on DSMX and satellites yep. and i i don't even lean so much on the DSMX i'm leaning more on the satellites i mean i've seen it with the V-bar i just don't like the satellites running on 3 volts now you in, introduce 
you know, you have to have a regulator built into the receiver and or fly barless system to power these things. The wires are small. You've got to have two. It's just, I mean, yeah. no one complains about Futaba reception problems. No one complains about Jetty reception problems. until you, Unless you get into the super cheap transmitters, the only transmitter company out there that people still complain about transmission problems or receiving problems is Spectrum. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but it's the truth. And I, I, I'm not trying to rag on them, but they've got some of the, they've got some badass radios, but they're just cutting themselves off at the ankles. Because yep. if you don't have the confidence to fly it, I don't give a shit what color you paint it. I don't care how many switches it's got. If it speaks in 13 languages, well, and, I just wonder why they think the satellite thing still makes sense because they're the only people out there that do it. Yeah, yeah I don't get it. I mean, I, I really just genuinely, I just maybe don't they get think it. it's an edge. I mean, who knows? You know, the other thing we got to keep in mind is that all of these manufacturers do radios for people other than helis, right? I mean, case in point, the first major bullet on the list of features for the dx18 stealth pro class programming for sailplanes now that's not going to bit make a damn bit of difference to i or any of us but that makes a huge difference (laughs) sailplane pilot huge (laughs) chunk of the hobby you know what i would like to see though I, i mean i would seriously i would like to try taking a spectrum radio and like make a receiver make an s-bus style receiver like i dare you spectrum no more satellites no nothing regular single servo connector hookup put that out there let people try that i almost believe that i have this weird hunch that it's not dsmx that's the problem it's the satellite and it's the, the the actual hardware and what it takes to make them work. I mean, what do you think, Justin? I, I would like your your technical opinion on that. I uh, I honestly I don't think it really makes that big of a difference from a technical standpoint. I think that it just has to do with the fact that when you have a satellite, because of the configuration that Spectrum has decided to put them in, or JR, you are inevitably going to get people who don't understand basic radio frequency transmission guidelines and mm-hmm. stick them behind carbon fiber or alongside a power line or something like that. Whereas with these other receivers, not only because of the antenna configuration, but also the size and the proximity uh, to the fly barless system or other, you know, other main system that you'd have to put it. It's just less likely that you're going to get yourself in a situation where you could get dropouts. So you think it's yeah. more of a hardware thing than a protocol thing? I, I think it's not a hardware or a protocol thing. I think it's a configurate. It's a geometry thing. It's a user. Yeah. Thing. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, OK, you can't. Uh, uh, I'll agree halfway on that, but I mean, I don't, 
Yeah. What a, I, I still mean, do. hardware would mean like the electronics that are running it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Well, uh, their satellites run off three volts, right? Yeah. So you have to get three volts somewhere. And we've seen the problems that V-Bar had with it. That's because V-Bar is the problem. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's oh, a no, spectrum no. problem. I agree. V-Bar is, that, it, that is a 100% V-Bar issue, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day... I can still put my Futaba on there, and it won't crash. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So while it is a V-bar problem, I think they relying on third-party flywireless systems to supply your satellites with the proper specifications that are very unique, I think you run the risk of more problems. Yep. Whereas... Everyone else just says, ah, fuck it, dude. We'll take eight volts, whatever voltage you got. Give us a single servo port and we're good to go. Yep. Throw my antennas out here. I'll be just fine. And they all the rest of them are. Whereas this, you know, you have more wiring. uh, I mean, two separate satellites in the case of a fly barless system. So you have twice as many electronic components. Which does increase your, you know, potential for a failure. Yeah, I and, agree. And yeah, then, definitely. And then, which, you know, we all know that everyone sticks them on the side of their heli, not the correct way that they should go, but whichever way looks the coolest and wires the easiest. <laughs> yeah, where they that's fit. the point yeah. I'm trying to make. Yeah. It's, yep. it's just a bad recipe for a bad reputation. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what I think are probably some pretty freaking cool radios. <laughs> So, all right, moving on. Sorry for the tangent from that discussion. <laughs> Jeez, man, it, it's it's rough on this side of the news. And I see what you have to put up with every week. Yeah. It's just going off on your news that you're bringing uh, yeah. to the table. You're just like, geez. Trying to keep a just flow tra- going. Yeah, I'm just trying to get through the news here, guys. <laughs> I mean, so from, from the, the rest of the news that I have, y- you would have thought that like, Maybe a new heli was released in the last couple weeks or something. Maybe like a Goblin 380. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) incoming Goblin 380 news. Not a stranger to our news segment, (laughs) for the record. No. So the first thing is Zeal Blades has some new colors out for the Goblin 380. So it looks like yellow, red, and green. And the cool thing is... Matching tail blades to go with. Oh, nice. Ooh. So not only do you get the, you know, decked out main blades, you can match it up or, you know, mix and match the tails, kind of kind of whatever you want to do there. I wonder if the little ones fly the same as the big ones. You know, I'm not sure because, and that's something I've found as well, the blades can range the same brand just because it's good in one size or bad in mm-hmm. one size doesn't mean it's good or bad oh, in another. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you got to really try them in all the sizes and make your own decisions there. Just because you don't like one size does not mean that the other size is not going to perform absolutely perfect for what you want. In addition, there's also quite a few videos uh, posted. So we got a video from KDE showing off the 500XF 925G3 motor in a Goblin 380. So a little bit of the specs at the beginning and then goes into a flight portion of the video. And I got to say, this thing 
is ripping. If I didn't know better, it's kind of back to one of those things where did they speed that video up? Like, yeah. holy smokes, that that heli is moving, and not a single. You don't hear the motor load or bog a single time. I, I was actually talking to Brian. Brian Phillips is one of the guys who uh, does the testing for KDE and was a part of this video. And in fact, I think you guys may have met him down at OHB uh, uh, along with me. And mm-hmm. um, he was saying that this motor is just insane. From the video, I... <laughs> There's no evidence that would say otherwise. Well, because <laughs> nice. it, isn't it? A, it's a it's a motor that's sized more for the 400 millimeter class heli, like 420 to 450. If I remember correctly, yeah. Patrick chose to go to like one stator size larger than mm-hmm. all of the other uh, companies. Yeah. Hmm. Now we also got uh, Chris Reibert doing a Goblin 380 unboxing video so just you know showing you what comes in the box what to expect when you get your goblin 380 and you pull everything out and start putting it together and then kyle stacy did a video on the goblin 380 and he kind of just goes over um, the machine the equipment head speeds flight performance um, just kind of an official presentation um kind of introducing the model i would say so very informative uh, yeah, video by sure. him so what's your guys favorite color out of the two that are available there's the yellow and blue and then the red and black i'm probably red and black i'm a yellow and blue fan isn't that what your 770 is justin uh, my 770 is yellow and red and yellow and blue. You can choose. I have both canopies. I, I really like the yellow and blue. Let's see them side by side. Here. Yeah, I, I think I like the yellow and blue as well, Nick. The colors pop. Yep. Yeah. So that it? that's that's all I got for news, guys. All right. I can throw a little bit a little bit more in there. Thunder Tiger, boy, you know, we were getting worried with the whole distributorship thing and starting to get a little bit like, oh, I'm looking at my two helis going, you sons of bitches, you better not. <laughs> but uh, lo and behold, they go into Nuremberg, the toy fair, and they come out with a whole load of new things. And uh, there's, some of them are kind of funny. So we have got uh, E700 V3, which looks to be, and you know, I don't, I'm not really seeing a whole bunch, but one thing I noticed, this one comes stock with the four, the 4.7 speed up gears, and it is a, basically, I'm going to call it a fuselage style heli. New, with this one with really fin. surprised me, dude. New canopy. And it's got like a little shark fin on the back. So, but okay, <laughs> wait a minute. It's not no. even sure what to say about this one, <laughs> no, Jesse. No, no, no. He's, yeah. like, look he's at this. dumbstruck. Yeah. Look at the look at the nose. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you not see? A duct. Yeah, there's no little like <laughs> it's uh, got no turbulator. Hump. Yeah, there's no turbulator. 
<laughs> There's no turbulator. Uh, uh, a, I don't know where the battery's going to go because I think I'm pretty sure that's part of the battery deal, but maybe not. I maybe mean, they haven't put batteries in it yet. Maybe they missed that. <laughs> Did, have you seen? Hey, Nick, have you found any photos of the model uh, with the canopy off? No. I have not yet. But I mean, this boom, the, the so the canopy wraps up around the back of the head. It does have a little bit of a shark fin look. Uh, uh, you know, by the rendering seems to transition smoothly into a boom cover. I mean, this mm-hmm. is definitely an F3C looking type fuselage. You know, with the exception. Well, okay. So the, I'm, I'm torn on this. And, and this is, I'm genuinely torn. The shark fin thing sticking out the back kind of made me giggle. I mean, it really—it's like they finally got rid of the turbulator. Yeah, and and they we took a hump off the front (laughs) and we put it on the back. But yeah, it's—it's not quite as bad though. It's—I'll give them that. Okay, now picture it without the hump. You know what it would look like? It would look like a Forza. It would look like a Mostro. It would look like any of the other ones so i think I it would feel, actually look better than the other two that you just mentioned yeah well i think most anything would look better than the most show but <laughs> <laughs> i knew he was gonna say that boom you, i wasn't and you 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 put it there and i had to but no seriously i mean i don't think it looks that bad it's better than like uh, what, are, what are those the Stacy fuselages or whatever. Okay, how the, about I put it this way in terms that everyone can appreciate? It's no worse than the Turbulator, and if you really want to fly it and you like it, you'll get used to it. I think that's fair. I think you'll yeah. get used to the fact that the battery can be replaced within seconds without removing the fuselage. That is very true. Oh, dude, I didn't even think about that until you just said it. Yep, I am on ThunderTiger.com looking at it, and it's pretty damn cool, dude. It's got a quick-release battery tray. Yeah, that's, yeah, the way they designed it, you can drop it out the back. Well, I would have to rewire, but still. It's got helical tail gears. That's normal. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So, so you have spiral cuts in the tail case? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Maybe that was a V2 upgrade. See, I'm behind the time. Yeah, there's not much different here. They took the speed up gears and, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that's, it's going to associate with a generally slower head speed and stuck that in there, put a fuselage on it and they're calling it a V3, which truthfully I haven't had now that I've done all of, you know, for the most part, the V2 upgrades. I I don't have any needed upgrades, really, mm-hmm. on mine. Uh, yep. Another thing that's pretty interesting going on, <laughs> they listened kind of, <laughs> and I, I say kind of. There's a Raptor E550 out now that is just a kit. Remember my big bitch? Nailed oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Does it still have a plastic fin? Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh. And listen close enough. A boom cover with a Quasimodo hump. What? I'm 
Okay, so here's where I'm a little worried. Is the hump on the back of this 550 <laughs> canopy a different angle of the hump that is also on the 700 one that looks a lot better from the side view but than it does from the uh, view that I'm looking at? Looking yeah, like it. it's this one. I think this is the new thing. This the one is um, a face only a mother could love. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm really digging the 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 700 V3. Now, the hump isn't my favorite, but um, you know, you didn't mention that Simone Zunter is the artist that did the the paint scheme, which and I she love. did an amazing job. Like yes. it looks freaking sweet. Mm-hmm. I could yep. I could live without the hump, but it is what it is. On the 550, the even the front profile of the canopy is. I mean, it kind of like comes out straight and flat and then it turn like it curves over. It's just uh, kind of like a giant nose. I'm just not feeling it, guys. I mean, no, I feel like here. they could have done better than this. I don't I don't know. I, what was the losing design? <laughs> I agree. I don't know prices yet. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I've kind of filled my 550 slot. Uh, it's meh. The 550's meh. But the uh, so far out of all the full fuselage stuff that I've seen, you know, boom cover-ish, I, I could maybe. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how they are on price. I could maybe F3C1 out. They also, it's not in the news article that you're reading right now, Nick, but if you click on the Thunder Tiger Europe link, and you go to helicopters and scroll down. In addition to these two that you just mentioned, they're also releasing a three-blade E360. Oh, yeah. Nah. No, well, that's how I uh, feel, uh, too, but I figured I'd mention it. Yeah, I've just been very unimpressed with the 360. I know some people liked it, but I did not. Did you fly it? I had one for a very short amount of time, but I think it was the more ghetto-esque version, more oh, plasticky okay. one. <laughs> and it, it was it was a busted turd. But yeah. That was a that was also a long, long time yeah. ago. Uh so anyway, moving right along in the news. Uh two other cool things. One, I wanted to get everyone and give everyone an update. Uh Soko has been going to battle with Apple and getting the iOS version of this out to us. Uh, You know, apparently getting an app into the app store is an act of God and they're doing everything that I can. So those of us with Apple stuff, um, it's just a little bit longer. Again, we, you know, we keep talking about it, but they're trying, they're doing their best. So don't think they've given up on it. Also, one thing we had mentioned, this one's pretty big, the Brain-Icon firmware release. We've got a new firmware out. This is the big one. This is the one that I was roasting them for not having ready at Urcha. These guys have been working on it. Alex Rose, all the rest of the guys on the Icon team have really put a lot of time into this. The list of stuff is huge. I mean, it's huge. They've got software updates within there, more parameters that you can change, 
the governor is the one that they're really, really bragging about. Um, the soft starts on nitro, spool ups with electric, um, tail performance with the governor. Uh, big difference. Big, big difference. I mean, I these guys are just raving about how good the tail is with the governor. Uh, overspeed. It can handle overspeeds now. Uh, you know, they put a lot of work into it. So if you kind of got paranoid, got rid of your icon, yeah, you might not, might not have been the best, best move, Nick. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so get it updated though. I think you'll be in for a pretty cool treat. Nice. Anyone else? Yeah, I've actually got some news. Following on from some of the stuff that we talked about from the Nuremberg Toy Fair, which I believe was last weekend, Jetty is at it again. They have announced a DC and DS-24 radio system. This thing is going to have... So, first of all, it's not out yet. It's coming out later this year. The DC, going along the lines of the 16 series, is the sort of the flatbed wider uh, pinch type tray style and then the DS is the handheld DC is going to be out second quarter of the year DS is third quarter so they're 24 channel full resolution uh, uh, transmitters upgradable to 32 Uh, you can do programming wirelessly which is freaking crazy. I don't even know how that works. I don't know if they mean like via an app on your phone, you can actually program your transmitter. The LCD display is high contrast, full color. It's got all of the standard awesome uh, transmitting and receiving capabilities, the frequency hopping and whatnot that the regular jetties have. But now it has what's called dual haptic feedback. And what that basically means is it's physical or kinesthetic feedback uh, to the pilot on the gimbals, which means the gimbals can be programmed to vibrate in certain situations. Like if you crash, your transmitter tells you. I I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, no. So I'm picturing like an Xbox controller, Jesse, where you get shot. Exactly. And And it vibrates. Yeah, when you, you bog it, thing in. when you yeah, bog when you, it, it gives you vibration. Yeah, so now, and I don't know, I mean, I don't know whether this is useful for helis or not, but it's a really cool feature. Uh, the other nice hmm. thing is that they have announced that they are going to be um, integrating the Jetty line with Spirit Systems Fly Barless. And so this is really cool, guys, and I hope this becomes a trend, okay? What they're basically doing is they're setting up the spirit protocol in the Jetty radio such that it can be programmed effectively like a V-control with Mikado. Hmm. And my guess is it doesn't stop here. My guess is they're going to try it out on spirit, and then expand it to all of the other more popular fly barless systems such Ooh. that the radio is fully integrated with any system you want. You just download the firmware and activate it and you're ready to go. Man, that would be that would be awesome. That'd be huge. That would be I mean that huge. would be huge. game over. Or take, take my money. Or 
Yeah. <laughs> or do you think that they would just put the effort into helping develop the spirit more to make it better? It's possible. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, even if that's all it is, it's nice to see that other manufacturers are trying to do what Mikado has done with their v But this will still give you the ability to use a receiver and put it on any other. Yeah. You know, Exactly. Any other platform correct. as well. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. So you don't need to be tied down to spirit. It's just an additional, you know, uh, modification to the to the firmware of the radio. If that's what you choose to fly. Hmm. In addition to all this stuff, they released their new line of receivers, which has internal data telemetry logging. They're calling it a black box. So the receiver itself has onboard memory. And um, it allows you apparently to take a look at all of the telemetry in the event that the receiver itself even gets damaged. You can still tap into what it says there to figure out, did I lose a servo? What happened? You know, did I have a brownout? That sort of a thing. So that's... It's- is Jetty aware that we're flying remote control models and not like spacecraft? I don't know, but I like it. I mean, <laughs> and all this of these, is, dude, all of these receivers are now coming with a variometer, three axis gyro, accelerometers, and G force sensors. Jeez. <laughs> uh, you know what? You know what it says to me? It's just like. All that much more data to tell me that I fly like shit. <laughs> that I can't hover. I will place. take it. <laughs> <laughs> and last, I need to analyze but why not I failed 1.1. <laughs> I think you're going to like this one, Nick. New, uh, new switching BEC. I believe it's a 30 amp, 2 to 16 S, and it has its own telemetry in it. So it basically reads... Uh, the current draw, the voltage, and the total consumption of your radio and fly barless system. But I would have to have a jetty radio to see that. Uh, no, modelers using different radio systems can also directly benefit from the SBEC-30 using standalone telemetry. Hmm. So, wait a minute. What's stand define standalone telemetry? I don't know. It's just well, what it says. What good are you? I'm, what good I'm are just you telling then? you what it says. I'm just reading so what can it I, says. Can I plug that some bitch into my Futaba telemetry and get that? Um, I don't know. Standalone, like I have to stand by know. myself. It for it to work or jetty yeah, box, if someone else is there, it won't uh, work. Which is the jetty box is like a little <laughs> iPhone looking thing that allows like your co-pilot to read telemetry so that they don't have to look over your shoulder. So that may be all it is. But yeah, who knows? There's your find out for me because keep your in mind, I'm in the I'm in the market for a BEC. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, true. I, I would be curious to know. I think hmm. if they keep on coming out with cool features, you're going to be in the market for a radio again. Like I'm I, thinking like I, I don't predicted. have enough hours in the day to dick around with that radio. I well, mean, that's why your buddy Justin knows it all already and we'll just get you set up enough hours in the day to work enough to 
buy that radio. (laughs) Oh, dude, come on. I would have to have more kids so I could get more tax credits to be able to buy that. (laughs) Uh, And I also think we have... Let's get out of the news. Yeah, dude, we've spent a lot of time on the news. All right. Uh, This week's news has been brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your RC helicopter news magazine. You messed it up, dude. You messed it up. You messed it up. You know what? Your daily RC helicopter news magazine. And he said Ben brought to you by. I don't care. Well, neither did I, and that didn't stop you You bastards from giving me a hard time about it. You should care. We're we're trying to maintain a level yeah, dude, of broadcast quality. Professionalism. We have standards. You know, no, this we, is episode we left Poochie on the show, so we don't have that. Let- <laughs> <laughs> Just when you thought that the guys at Soco Heli Tools had pushed setup methodology to the absolute state of the art, they come out with yet another innovation. In combination with their Soco Helical, which fits all sizes and all brands of helis, They've recently announced the Soko Heli Tools mobile app. This app greatly simplifies your setup by completely eliminating the need for a level working surface or main shaft. Available in stores soon for Android and Apple devices, this new mobile software will do everything that your original Soko kit did, but with the added benefit of all measurements, calculations, and directions in one easy-to-use app. When you're ready to kick it up a notch with your heli setup, visit the SoCo team at www.soco-heli-tools.com and check it out. SoCo Heli Tools, next generation setup. So I got a uh, this is this is a genuine question. Well, no, I'm going to start with uh, for all the people who did not know. Uh, this was kind of a weird one. This, uh, Charlie Stevens is basically no longer with Alias. Now you say, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. How does that work? I thought Charlie uh, Stevens was Alias. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, he kind of was. And from what I'm getting, and again, this is just, you know, some people pass along some information, some forum posts, uh, so don't hold me to it. We're just reading the information we see. Um, What it looks like is, you know, to get a model to production is a big financial upfront cost. It really is. So what it looks as though is that he just, you know, he started Alias, he designed it, and he got it. He basically found some investors in, I don't know, China, China. I don't China. Yeah. Okay. Oh, is that co- Is that accurate? Yeah. There's actually a, there's actually a thread where, uh, I believe the guy's name is Steve. I may be getting that wrong, but he, I, it sounds like he is or was a business partner or in some way officially associated with alias and he basically posted a an informational thread that said, "Hey guys, this is what happened." Yep. And so what it looks like is the uh you know, the investors weren't I mean, they kind of basically weren't getting their return as quickly as they wanted. So they kind of took it over. Is that correct, Justin? 
that's the way it sounds. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, they didn't go into the details. I suspect there was some difference of opinion or, you know, or a, agreement to disagree about how to proceed with the company or the brand. And the investors basically said, well, uh, you know what? It is what it is. We're going to take the brand or we're going to take the design and yep. we're going to pursue another brand. That's right. And so they have that's it. They have renamed it Evolution Helicopters. I've been seeing it all over the place already. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who saw this and went, oh, my God, I'm not going to be able to get parts. That actually might not be true. They are. It looks as though they are going to continue to push the brand, advertise the brand, continue to make parts. It might be better. Um, hard to say without the designer there. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, it's kind of a toss up. Kind of a toss up, but you know why I bring this up? You know that model, the what the Evo. Uh, two months it's been out yep yeah not very long and then to have something like this that i mean there were guys that were like dude i don't even have mine built like i just bought it and now this happened and it kind of you know going through what i went through uh or i shouldn't say went through still am patiently waiting to see how the Thunder Tiger thing goes out. I mean, I'm looking at my two main models and you find out, you know, they're switching distributorships and you wonder why and everything. It's like, I I never would have thought in a million years I'd be looking at those things going, am I going to have to get rid of these? Or am I going to want to? Um, You know, I, I kind of want to know your guys' opinion on, you know, putting all of your eggs in one basket. Is it, you know, is it safer for the average hobbyist to pick a brand they feel is doing good and and only fly those? Or is it better to, you know, find a, a variety of brands and kind of spread your money and your blades around and your batteries around with all of those? And that way, if one takes a dump, it's not as much of a hit. I mean, what do you guys think about that? I think it depends on a lot of factors. Um, for one thing, I think putting all of your eggs in one basket, so to speak, uh, depends heavily on which basket you choose, right? So, you know, let's look at the current market. We just had Alias uh, go tits up or at least um, go over to another brand. And so now we don't have Charlie there, but you're right, Nick, maybe you can still get parts. Um, What are the other brands that we're dealing with here? We've got a line. They seem to be here as a constant, whether or not people like them and whether they're doing anything innovative, they're here. And then Goblin and Gowie and Compass and Synergy and Mikado. 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 Okay, so those are probably the big ones. Thunder Tiger. Thunder Tiger. If you were to put all of your eggs in the SAB basket right now, how concerned do you think the average pilot should be that they're not going to get the support that they need in the near term? Zero. Yep. Well, you said one keyword there. 
near term. Okay, year. I'd still say no. Yeah, no concern. Two years. Yeah. Hard to say. Lot changes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's use a baseline. Let's say a year. Okay. So a year, I wouldn't have any concern. But no. they don't. They don't. You know, SAB doesn't have the history, and that's their only variable. You know, you look at a company like, uh, you know, okay, let's say Thunder Tiger, for example. Like here, I was panicking, but. You got to look back and you think, oh, they're rocky, right? But they're rocky because they went a stretch without putting out new models. But I'll be damned if you couldn't buy Raptor 50 parts for a long freaking time. That's true, yeah. So, you know, what are you going yeah, for? Yeah, but you got to, so you got to be careful here, though, right? Because. It's funny, actually, Al and David and I were talking about this a little bit at the field today. Is it okay to buy a heli that may not be around in a year, but you can still get parts for? I mean, is that what you're worried about? Or are you worried about regardless of whether parts are available, the company goes under and now you don't have any support? Uh, I would be more worried about parts because I'm going to get support for my friends and information online, Yeah, you know, but uh, at the end of the day, you can supplement support, but you cannot supplement parts. Yeah, you got to be able to put the thing back together after you crash. Yeah. I mean, that's bottom line. So that's a bare minimum. My very strict view of things is if the company's out of business, I don't want to own one of their helicopters. Call me well, a dick. Yeah. But it is what it is. No, I don't think that's... But doesn't that kind of go hand in hand with parts That means they're not going to be making parts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I I agree. I I don't want any, you know, don't want any part in that either. But I think there's a... The reason I ask this is there's kind of a misconception. You know, we were talking about... Justin, you made a a comment in the text the other day where it's like there's very few good ones left, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if maybe on the surface, that's how I think the hobby is kind of feeling right now. But I'm going to disagree with that because let's go back to statistics. Uh, Mikado. Dude, they've been making helicopters for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yep, they sure have. And while they might not be at the forefront like SAB is, while they might not have the most popular model, you can still go buy parts right now for that logo 500 that you bought what four years ago yeah yeah you absolutely yep. can and i feel like they're not you know they're not leading any markets but i'm not concerned about i wouldn't be concerned at all about getting parts well and see uh, that's you know, why i'm saying i think it depends on what you're looking for Yep, exactly. You know, Synergy, there's another great example. Now, again, they're not putting out any gra- anything groundbreaking, but they've been making slow, steady progression since Matt got involved, and they're not going backwards. And I think that's something that really should be taken into consideration you know i think that was a lines uh, i think that's just where they they 
completely shot themselves in the foot. They felt that they needed to come out with, you know, three new helis or revised or new revisions every year. And they basically ran out of bullets. Yep. You know? But. But. That's. Yeah. Like you said, Jesse, but you can still get stuff. But, you know, okay, can you? Or. Or are they only producing parts for the new Dominator kits now? Can you still yeah. go buy 450 Pro parts? I think you, you know, can or- only because a line is so universal around the world that there is no shortage of small mom and pop shops out there that are online retailers with inventory from previous revisions. Yeah, And I also think that a line has the financial wherewithal to stock inventory of previous revisions because they know that that keeps people in their brand. You know what I mean? I just see this bad trend of what is considered acceptable, you know, to, to, it's like, well, we released this helicopter, meh. I only need to support it for two years and then I can move on to the next one and I don't need to support it again. And, you know, because, yeah, that's kind of a key, you know, so something that I would consider, like, like you're saying, do you want to commit to one brand is one, how often are they releasing new helis? Because let's face it, if, if you commit fully to a brand and you're like, I want to own, you know, all my helis, I want to be brand X. You want to get a new heli every now and then. So another consideration for, you know, do you want to put everything into one brand is how often are they coming out with those new models? But then like we just pointed out with the line, there is a point where it may be too much. And, you know, they're coming out with new models, but it's really not anything groundbreaking, innovative or new. Yeah. I, and so you kind of have think to find that most, balance. Most brands nowadays, Jesse. I but I also, you know what though? But I think that's part of the problem. I really do. I genuinely think that that's like this rush, rush, rush trend that yep. they're not realizing that they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, don't get me wrong. SAB's pulling hard, and I, I don't. I'm not trying to talk anything negative, but you know they were so concerned without cranking out as many helicopters it's like dude, i get it you're riding a high but, but there's also you know the this the smaller brands that are just a little more you know slow and consistent man there's a lot of support and hype around when they do put one out you yeah. know what i mean I, I don't like, know, dude. I think I'm going to disagree with you on that one because there has been no shortage of hype for easily the last three or four SAB releases. I mean, the uh, 380, dude, is off the charts. Well, yeah, no, that's that three, freaking I, helicopter I is ridiculous. I completely agree. But I mean, like the 630 was a flop. Yeah, 630. Yeah, but I think yeah. that's a size thing more than anything else. But Okay. Okay, but there's a good example. If it's a flop, if that size was a flop, why'd they release it? Yeah. Why'd they do it? Why didn't they save it? businesses make mistakes. Why did the 7HV or why did uh, the Compass guys release the Kronos? Could you call that a flop? It's it. That is not a flop 
on the models part. That's a flop on the marketing part. No offense, Jesse. No, and I think I actually think it's a great upgrade. I don't see. I mean, as far as the model and what they did. Okay, what about the five? I don't think it's a flop from that. Same thing, marketing. I think theirs yeah. is just marketing. Myself. Yeah. I, I mean, same thing. I think they. But as we they know, went this for the no, like I, I others, think, marketing is a big portion of whether you're going to stay healthy say, as a business. I would say the 550 was more of a flop than the Kronos, just because, like you just said, it's a size thing. Yeah, but see, I think they released they they took the new release Thunder and they put it into the six HV Ultimate, which that size is just not popular right now. Yeah, five fifty was popular. Five fifty, yeah, they is popular still, and they should have put that Wow into the five fifty and then shelved the six HV Ultimate for the next release, and that's why I'm talking about Sab. They should have, they put out a model because they were on this big, like, I got to pull one out, I got to pull one out, I got to pull one out, when it's like, six, 600 class isn't even popular right now, but if this is one big rolling trend, it's going to be popular again, might not be next year, year after, just wait, you know? Yeah, don't, another, th- don't- another thing that we have to consider is we're seeing this from the U.S. perspective. Yes. Um, because Compass... As much as I hate to say it, U.S. is not top priority. <laughs> yeah, for, no, it's you know, not. For Compass. That's so a really we good see, point, Jesse. So we don't see the the hard advertising here in the U.S. It doesn't pop up on in Europe. You know, the normal sites we go to. Brand. Exactly, and so where SAB they're targeting the U.S. This is their main consumer area. So that's what we're being exposed to. So over here, we're going, ah, the compass might have been a flop. SAB is riding the high. You look at it maybe from the perspective of a different country. I'm not going to say it's different, but it might it might level the playing field no, a little bit I, more. I think that's completely fair. I mean, you, you so, look at like, I mean, uh, China and all those areas. Good God, Gowie. Holy mother yeah. of Jesus. So it's their own business model for that company, too. And they have to make those decisions for where they're going to target I just hate to see companies releasing models just to release models. It's yeah. like they, they get on this kick where it's like, well, well we got to. What are we going to do? I don't know. This is the next number. Okay, then we'll do that one. And not mm-hmm. saving them for yep. when, you know, because that it makes me leery because then they lose money on it and then they rush to get the next one. Because they got to make and up. And it's all mediocre. They, and it's all mediocre. Exactly. Yep. And, and I just like these companies that are kind of chugging along, being smart. Like Dan always says, not, you know, letting the pioneers take the arrows. But they're not going backwards. And I I dig that. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Hi, I'm Justin Pucci, and despite what you may think, I'm not here to talk to you about wacky, waving, inflatable, arm-flailing tube men. What I am here to tell you is that the guys over at Rotary Wing RC are stocking up on all forms of heli goodness and passing the savings on to you. Need a fly barless system? Joe and Kyle have Bavarian Demon, Skookum, and Icon. Looking for a heli? What about Gowie or one of those Garbins? Servos? Look no further for BK Servos and MKS. And who could forget the German amazingness that is Contronic? I sure can't because I just bought three of them. So head on over to www.rotarywingrc.com 
and get yourself loaded up with awesome today. What's safe? What's safe? I mean, realistically, what what is your guys' opinion? Now, guys, before we talk about this, oh, man, that potential hate mail we're going to see. I, I, I mean. <laughs> yeah, well, we could get hate mail from the companies as much as from the people. But you know what? Yeah. Maybe yeah, it is yeah. what it is, and they need to take a lesson in marketing. That's right. So what do we feel like if, if I want to buy a helicopter and fly it for two years? I mean, two years. Uh, you know, what What do we feel are the, the safe brands? Now, that might not be what I want to do because sometimes it's just fun to get the new oh, and, yeah. and fly it and try it and ship it and whatever. But, you know, for someone like Dan who gets new helicopters every millennium now, what what do we think safe? I think SAB's got to be at the top of the list. Okay. Jesse, go around. We'll just keep going around. Synergy. Yeah, I think Mikado's safe. Yeah, I and and you know what? I want to say something about Synergy before we move on. Uh, I agree 110%, Jesse. Synergy is yeah. here to stay. Not going and, anywhere. And there's an awesome example uh, of a company that in the last four years has transformed itself. Four years ago, I'm not sure you would have put them as number two on the list. Okay. <laughs> Wouldn't have put them on the list. Yeah, they may ago. not right. have made the list. <laughs> and, and you know, Matt knows that's not a knock on him. They, it's a compliment, he really. He had to start from ground, you know, bottom of the barrel and move up from there. And they did an amazing job of doing it. And now I think it firmly deserves its spot up or near the top. So, you know, Mikado, yeah, you're right. That I think that one's always going to be around, Nick. I would say the next one after Mikado. I'm gonna these say, aren't in order for me. Yeah, just, these, no. Uh, I'm going to say a table. line. Yeah, I would agree. I, I really would. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go with, and this is not biased, Compass. I agree. Because I've flown my 7HV almost three years now. Still parts. That's right. No, they, again, you don't think, like when you hear it, you go, meh. But then you can still buy parts. Where would you put Compass, though, The original 6HV. Compass versus Gowie. That's a tough. Because I think they well, both how, have a similar sort of situation business-wise. Yeah, like Nick said, yeah. Gowie over in oh, yeah. uh, China and Taiwan is like crazy. And same yep. with Compass in Europe. And in mm-hmm. the U.S., I think I think Gowie is overall more popular. But yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I think that, um, that Compass has a strong following. And... Uh, and like you said, they've got staying power. See, yeah, I just I, I I'm not sure I can accurately answer that question just because I'm not informed about Gowie as much. I just know how how long Compass supports their models is a it's a long period of time that you can still buy. I'm going to give Gowie credit model. because you know what that little what is that little 
God damn it! That two hundred X two, you can yep. uh, you can still buy parts. That X five. How long has yeah, the X five so been out? There you go. Yeah, the X five has been hanging around, and that's a popular and, uh, one. Still, yeah, I dude. would definitely not call that unpopular. Yeah, and that's no. been out for a long time with very little revision. I agree. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm gonna put Gowie into the into the safe list. Yeah. Sure. I think that's, and I agree with Jesse though. I would definitely call Compass one hundred percent. Now the unfortunate part: safe doesn't always mean coolest, but safe uh, is. Speak for yourself. <laughs> well, no, I mean that's you know. I think the new canopy. I, I think it's badass. in the eye of eye of the beholder. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, okay, logo six hundred isn't the coolest thing on the market right now, but. But you've you know. been able to get, I mean, dude, yeah. I flew the Logo 600 series the first year I started in the hobby. And I've been yeah. flying for over five years now. And you yeah. can still get parts. Yep. Now, can you do that with an Align? No. no. I don't think you no. can. No. I don't they, think I see, can Align, go and get parts for a 500 ESP, which Align was my first heli. is sneaky. I figured that out. They have done mini- small upgrades. They keep the names somewhat the same. So on the top level, you keep thinking, well, yeah, but I'll just convert this to convert that. But really, they've changed so much that even though it's only maybe five or six parts every revision, they've done so many revisions that, I, I mean, they're completely different now. Yep. Yep, I agree. So they're kind of, I mean, but I think, Justin, you hit the nail on the head when you said that so many parts are out there. It kind of almost makes it negligible. And at least I don't have to go buy a new helicopter. Yes, I might have to buy an entire new tail case for my old V2. Mm -hmm. But I can buy just an entire tail case. Might cost me a hundred damn dollars, but it's better than (laughs) buying a new model. You know, I I think what people are really stinging over and having a hard time with, and, you know, we, dude, I love Blade. I love my 700X, and I I know that Dan is just going to absolutely love it. And I know that there are still plenty of parts out there. You know, it's kind of same thing. Horizon's pretty big. But that one stung. I mean, you're going to release it. It didn't, it wasn't out that long. Mm hmm. Yeah, true. And then it's discontinued, and that, you know, the whole pro series, that kind of stings. Well, So anyone else make the safe list? I I don't think so, in my mind. I'm sure there's going to be someone that, well, you know what? Actually, yes, there is a safe list. I own one. It's called a Henselet. That, dude. Who would have thought? Yon stocks that parts that would make for the safe 10 list. years after discontinuation of a model. You can still buy parts from for the old school TDR MPXL Nitro. <laughs> in fact, my TDR has been was released in 2009. And wow. they just discontinued it this last year. And I am not worried in the least. That's crazy. So what do you think about? What are our opinions on Thunder Tiger? I I think we I mean I think we're at they're at a point where maybe in 2 months 
we'll have a clear picture and could put them on the list or I think they got for, lucky with the 700. That's what I think. You think so? Yep. I think they got <laughs> lucky. Because and maybe it had to do with Nick's involvement. Oh, it was huge. Uh, you know, Absolutely. I think it's, really, it's only because of Nick's yeah, involvement. I mean, for he the came record. in and probably said, hey, guys, this is what you need. And they listened and they did it right and they absolutely nailed it. But let's face it, the E720, the E820, the Nitros, no one who owns and flies them has anything negative to say about how they fly. Great helis probably, but horribly expensive to to buy and to fix and just I don't think all that widespread. Yeah, a oh, god, I would drop a testicle to have them come out with revisions of both of the the screw the seven twenty, the eight twenty, and the G four. Yeah, I mean regular, regular aluminum booms. You know what I mean? Regular booms knock down some of the parts prices. I don't care if you got to put some plastic in there. Whatever you got to do, get the prices down to a reasonable level. I mean, $40 for a boom? Mm-hmm. Kiss my ass. Yeah, no, I hear <laughs> you, dude. I agree if completely. If they did that, I mean, so simple. Uh, but I, I'm i really borderline. borderline. I, I don't feel safe. But at the same time, I keep going back to that. My God, how long could you get Raptor 30 and Raptor 50 parts? They're still on the shelves. You can still buy them at places. Yeah. And that's that's hard to deny. No matter how opinionated I might be, facts would kind of say otherwise. So I'll put them on the fence. Yep. Yep. Now, you know, talking about all eggs in one basket, Nick, you know, we were talking about how it could be potentially negative in the sense that if the company goes under, now you're screwed. But if you do happen to choose a brand that is in the safe list, as we're calling it, there's a lot of benefit to it. And now more than ever than even, you know, four or five years ago, all of these companies are getting really smart to the fact that not only having modular designs that share parts against different size classes, uh, that's not only good for their business because they keep less total inventory, but it keeps people coming back because they can stock fewer things and still service all their helis. That's a big thing to me, I think. You know what? Uh, you, you just touched on something that kind of dawned on me. Uh, that I think might play a pretty big role in it, and I never thought of. Let's talk about support. It almost seems like, uh, well, with the exception of a line, and I I truthfully think that this is kind of why they're going down, uh, or trending down, not going down. But a lot of these companies that have gone at a slower pace, you know, kind of trucking along, staying steady. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I think keeps them afloat in between releases? It's the support. I mean, it, it really is. People will say that's one of the best things about owning like a Synergy. 
you know, is that you can call and, and talk to Matt and Amy and you could, there's actually someone to talk to people, you know, the guys on the team and or whatever, you have people to help you with problems. Uh, Mikado, you know, same thing. Look at, I mean, look at what Mr. Mel did for Mikado all yeah. those years with V-Bar. Mm-hmm. I mean, holy cow. And they didn't hardly do a lily goddamn thing different for a long time. But it was that support along the way. Justin, like you said, Heinzlet. You know that there's someone there to help. Yep. Uh, and it seems kind of like the companies that don't have people to help with are, are the ones that, unless they're releasing something new and cool, fall quicker. Yep. Yeah, because I think what, that makes and that, sense. I mean... That can trickle down directly to, you know, the team, how they treat their team pilots, how they go yeah. about getting field reps, the quality of people that they're getting on their field or on the team and for field reps. Um, all that stuff can trickle right down to how much support is the average everyday user going to get for this product. Uh, man, amen to that. You know, and we see more aside of that than maybe the average person would. But yeah, I think that how the team is treated is is a huge thing. I mean, yeah. a huge thing. Happier team, more support, and that's right. More support, more sales. I mean, yeah, because if the if they believe in treating the team good, they believe in treating their customers good. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So agreed. Yeah, it's. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it, it's it's all disposable. I mean, it's it's all disposable income. We're never going to get any yeah, of it back. But, you know, for some, for the people that want to get out of it, you know, longevity versus new and cool, it is. There's some tough decisions to be made. And, you know, do you go for what's the cheapest parts or what's gonna be the coolest or what you know or do you just say well these might not be the cheapest but i know they're gonna be here in three years and i want them to be here in three years and i like to keep flying this model then that's what they're after so, yeah there there's something to be said about you know picking a model stocking up on parts you know spending that Hunt, you know, let's say you, you get the model and you go dump 400 bucks right off the bat and get a part supply built up. And, you know, you're kind of set. You drag that to all the fun flies. You drive it in there. Since it's kind of your core model and you know you're going to have it for a while, you don't mind investing that money in parts and, you know, you get it fixed back in the air quick. And Yeah, yeah. but it's a creepy feeling buying those parts going. Oh, it is. I've, I wonder yeah. if these are the only parts I'm ever going to be able to get. Yep. Because that. Oh, no. Yeah, that, that does not work sucks. for me, dude. Sorry. Because that affects my flying. And the second you affect how I fly by what parts I can get, I have no time for that. Like, no I, I wasn't time saying you're that. stocking up because you think they're going down. I was no, saying but stocking I mean, up because you know you're going to have the model for an extended yeah. period of time. That was, you know, I got to say, that was one of my favorite, I'll probably say only my only favorite thing <laughs> about flying a line was that, man... When I got out my 700 or 600 or whatever at a fun fly, dude, it was like, hang it all out, Chuck, because I could go out there and just pound that thing into the ground. 
walk right over, buy parts for it, put it back together in an hour, and hammer on it again. <laughs> and uh, it's being able to fly like that without care, without yep. worry. That's that's nice. If you're, you know, I see these guys. Oh, feel so bad for these guys on the forums. Hey, does anyone have a looking for a main shaft or a oh. feathering shaft for my whiplash? And I'm going, no. Oh, dude. I mean, I was yeah. giving those away the last couple of weeks just because I feel so bad. It's like, oh, that ain't a way to fly. I mean, you can't fly. Yeah, no you're, you're not letting it all hang out with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, hmm. it's rough. It's tough out there. But lots uh, of different paths to choose for whatever fits your your needs. Yeah. Everyone's different. Well, boys. Yeah. I would like to say we seem to ramble on. I hope Dan had a fun trip. Or a fun date. Fun date. Fun date. <laughs> Speaking of dates, we're still working on the fun fly. Justin, can you can you give us any, just a little bit? Yeah. And we we kind of only have a little bit. We kind of only have a little bit right now, but. Just the tip. What, give me yeah, just the tip. Just, yeah, we'll just dip it in. <laughs> oh. Tip dipper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Where we're at with the fun fly is that we're trying to get the the site locked in here. You know, we've talked to a lot of different people in a lot of different areas, and it looks like our best bet is going to be the field that uh, Ken Peterson and company uh, flew at last year for their, I think it was a lower heli invitational, I want to mm-hmm. say, Um I don't remember the name of the field, but basically it's a huge chunk of farmland and it's got about 3000 feet of flight line on the north and south sides. Um, And we're trying to get that one locked in. It looks like it's going to happen. But right now, the thing that's up in the air is the date we wanted to shoot for July. uh, But as this is farmland and active farmland, to be specific, uh, it means that if we go in July, we're at risk of sitting on top of this guy's crops. And, well, that's how he makes his money. So we're going to see if we can negotiate with him on that. But if not, the more likely set of dates is going to be in the mid-September time frame. Uh, either Labor Day or the weekend after that. We're trying our best to avoid Labor Day for obvious reasons. You know, most people want to go out with their families and get drunk camping or go rafting or climbing or whatever it is that they do. Uh, Plus, it's the week or two after going back to school. So it's not ideal. But with the other Pacific Northwest fun flies scheduled already for sort of the June and August time frame. Uh, I think if we can't get the July to work, it's got to be September. Yeah, we'll keep nice. you guys posted. We're diligently working on it. And, you know, in, in the Northwest, there's a bunch more popping up. Brett doing the sagebrush deal down there in Tri-Cities. Dieter's put one together kind of yep. over, not far from where we did have ours before in the Coeur d'Alene, uh, uh, yeah, Coeur d'Alene area. Yep, over in, there, in Idaho. And it, 
And again, if you have uh, event dates, information, like as much as possible information that you have, make sure and email those to Ken at rchelynation.com. We'll get them put in the calendar. Uh, and yeah, we'll keep you We'll keep you informed. I'm hoping I can come back on the next show and actually give everyone a date, but we'll see. It 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 may not be for another week or two here. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Um anything else? I don't think so. I am diligently a- working on updates to the descriptions on the pilot proficiency program. Ah, yes, that's right. Um and that website are we going to, Justin, are we going to post that in this week's episode? You know, we, we might as well. Last week we talked about Jens Kirkheimer doing a mobile-friendly online app slash website that allows you to basically sign up, log in, and track your progress. It's also, as I proved today, although unsuccessfully getting anything checked off, <laughs> a great item to bring with you to the field, not in, in um, soft form i.e. without printing out papers if you're that type of person you just bring it up on your phone or your ipad and i had al sit right there with my ipad in his hand ready to click the boxes that said i got the maneuver done so we will post the link to that we're still trying to figure out whether we can get it ported to our site at this point um i i don't think it makes a difference whether you sign up now on yen's server or after we get it ported to the RCHN site, because I think all of the users will be transferable. Um, But go ahead. All you have to do is click the link. You can click the, at the bottom, the sign in. Uh, We're still working on edits to some maneuvers. I don't want, the reason why it's taking me longer than I wanted guys is because I, there are enough things I want to update that I don't want to do it in chunks. I'd really like to get it knocked out, come on the show and say, all right, this is the update. It's coming out today. And then you guys go and print it off one more time, as opposed to having to print off three or four different revisions. So just bear with me and we will get there here in the very near term. Cool, cool. Nice. And I was going to add, there will be a newsletter coming out. Another month down. That's right. Don't forget, sign up for the newsletter, guys. We do. Yeah, we're about uh, due for some newsletter surprises. I do. That is correct. Oh, yeah. We do yeah. random random giveaways for those who sign up for the newsletter. As well as all of you know, uh, again, we did one last week when I was gone. Bastardos. Uh, we gave away a killer killer gasser upgrade from trm uh thanks again carry at gas powered helicopters for that um so citizen and that's only for the citizens Mm -hmm. if you're not a citizen get your button gear it's 10 bucks one time lifetime it's a no-brainer no no renewing no and sorry we don't do that crap cool Uh, card yeah cool (laughs) card ken's taking care of those so they're actually going out on time uh, yeah, it's a cool deal. You know, it help it helps keep us doing what we're doing. And uh, yeah, yeah. You know, the other oh, thing that we gotta get get going here pretty soon. What a game show. 
It's been a, oh, I think it's yes. been about two months since the last game show. Yeah, we got to do we do need do the to do first that. one of 2015 here. That's true, absolutely. And hey, one more quick mention. Um, you know, there's uh, we've got some great sponsors that sponsor the show. And if you guys are out shopping, buying parts or whatever, and you happen to head over in their direction, do us a favor. Just throw them a note in the comment section on your order or something like that. Let them know that you heard about them uh, and are going there from us. We would really appreciate that. That's how these guys know, you know, that what they're doing is working. They're great. They believe in, you know, what we believe in. And they really do support help giving us the ability to a give these cool giveaways and, and do everything that we can do you know it yeah. uh yeah it takes takes some of the burden off of our personal families which i know we all appreciate and uh you know it's just cool they're they're all great people and uh and the best way to say thanks is just give them a shout out yep. well let's wrap it up yeah. Yeah. No? I yeah. think we're done. Yeah. Let's do no. it. It's I was over. Waiting. No, we're good. All right. Well, this has been episode number. Oh, you know what? I can't do that yet. We can need to give out emails. What am I Just thinking? Oh, dude. I didn't want to interrupt the flow, but. I'm out of practice. Screw <laughs> up number two. If Dan goes on another or... date, I promise I'll be better. All right. So, Jesse, if I wanted to get a hold of you, how would I do that? You would send me an email to jesse at rchelynation.com or catch me on Facebook. I, Justin. You would send me an email at justin at rchelynation.com or catch me on Facebook. All right, and if you guys wanted to get a hold of Dan, ask him how his date went, you would send an email to dan at rchelynation.com, or he's floating around the chat book or on Facebook. He's all over the place. Warcraft. Uh, World of Warcraft. Send him a tell. Uh, Big Country Lover at gmail.com. Right. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely correct. I love it. And once again, uh, citizen card questions, uh, store questions, merchandise, um, or just to send him an email and say thank you for all of his very hard dedication. Uh, that is Ken. Ken at rchelynation.com. We really appreciate everything that you do. And if you want to get a hold of me for some odd reason or another, I am Nick, and you can get a hold of me at nick at rchelynation.com. This has been episode number 172. We hope you enjoyed listening to this show as much as we enjoyed making it. Thank you. Have a good week. Yeah, have a good week, guys. Later. Take it easy, guys. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by KDE Direct, Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Genzase Batteries, Blade Helicopters, BK Servos, and Rotary Wing RC. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email.